like to ask for your attention. We have um, so far practiced with posture, with body sensations, both as kind of topical individual sensations, but also as spatial areas in our body where we feel uh, whole parts or whole inner spaces. Um, we started looking at where our distractions take us yesterday or whether we want to distract us from our declared exercises, predominantly mental or connected with our outer senses, whether it is predominantly agreeable or disagreeable. Um, And I would like you to stay with the body, but with the slight shift on investigating particularly the subsiding of sensation, the ebbing away, the tapering off. In other words, the ending part of something that takes place. The ending of the sensation connected to the out-breath. The ending of a sound you hear. The ending of a tactile touch impression when you move around. When you sit here or when you walk. So I would like to particularly suggest you pay attention, close attention, as close as possible to how things disappear from your senses, how they cease, how they um, come to stillness. Usually paying attention to things arising is more easy. There is a developmentally psychological bias to this. There is also a hedonic bias to this. Generally, we're not interested when pleasant things cease. We're interested when pleasant things arise or increase. We're very interested when unpleasant things cease. They're very highly interested for this too. The cessation of my toothache is a highly anticipated event. With, you know, the subsiding of a pleasant taste in my mouth or the fading of a pleasant thought in my mind is generally not something I'm paying an awful lot of attention to. Some of that cessation, some of that disappearing or vanishing is quite imperceptible. So there is a habit in our attentional patterns that easily focuses on arising, on beginning. It's easier to focus your awareness on the in-breath than it is on the end of an out-breath. Because when things start new, there's something kind of that helps us to stay with it. Yeah? Advertisement <coughs> knows this very well. They don't change the product so often, but they change the wrapper quite often. So They write new one. Or they change the volume a little bit. Same stuff in there. Different bottle. Fiddled with the volume a little bit so they can write new on it. Because a yellow little label called new works. Yeah, We're interested. Oh, got to try this. So the newness of things arising 
makes it easier for us to attend. There's something, that scanning quality of the mind, looking for what is either dangerous, yeah, that's the sort of self-protection part, or if no immediate danger calls for great vigilance, then where can I get something new? Yeah, Give me something else, give me something new, something I don't yet know. So going with the emphasis of attention to the other part, to the ending, the disappearing, the stopping, the ceasing, the tapering off, the vanishing, goes against the grain. Implicit in such ending is always, well, as the ending of our experience, isn't it? It's our own end that is somewhere implicit. Um, so if, for today I would like you to make sure that you stay particularly in formal practice, with the ending of physical sensation, with the ending of a breath. And see whether you can stay with something until it really vanishes, and stay with it even longer. So from the vanishing point onward into the pause, into the break, into whatever follows after the ending. So I would like you to connect to this exercise here, formally, in sitting, particularly to breath. But if you uh, note is also the ending of sound, which is a very good exercise. Sound gives us a sound awareness, gives us a spacious experience of ourselves. Visual awareness gives us a fairly focused position of viewing. Sound, we don't do that because our eyes are a lot less aggressive, uh, our ears are a lot less aggressive than our eyes. As soon as we're kind of listening, we enter an inner space. We kind of go down somewhere here when we listen. Yeah? We often close our eyes. We can't do with our ears what we can do with our eyes. You know? We can't squint with our ears. Camels can close their ears. You know? Very handy if you want to cope with sandstorms. Flap your ears. Yeah? Deer can turn their ears. Yeah, Beautiful deer ears. Or even a donkey. Yeah? Wonderful. Kind of really does a big turn. You know? rotates outward. So we can't do many of those things. You know, our ears are fairly stable and we can't squint with our ears. We can't zoom in. We can't close them like we can with our eyes, for example. We can't turn our ears in very well uh, in the way we can with our eyes. You know, we can turn our head, we can move our eyes. All this we cannot really do with our ears. So when we're in listening mode, our relationship to world is a slightly different one. It's more receptive. We're kind of in another place in our body. So consider the ending, even in hearing. Hearing is a body sense, so as part of body experience. Felt, tactile experience ceases all the time. When the hunger ceases when you eat. When the taste ceases on your mouth after you've kind of washed your bowl and walked out. Yeah? You've got the lingering aftertaste. And then there's a moment when that ceases. There's a moment when your morning fatigue wears off. There's a moment when the stiffness from your knees stops after you've sat for a while. It hurts. You carefully move. You rub it a little bit. You stand up. You do a step, and then it is ceased. And much of that ceasing we do not notice. 
Listen also a little bit into the quality of your mind when that ceasing occurs. Sometimes we notice a climate there. We notice slight anxiousness. We notice slight boredom. We notice slight disorientation. What now? Where, 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 where do we go from now? Or sometimes it's just peaceful. Yeah. Oh, this one has come to an end. Oh. Yeah. Often we do not notice these things very consciously. So I like you to look into this in your body with the subsiding of breath, shifting the emphasis of your attentional focus on the ending part and a little beyond into the silence afterwards with sound. When you move the change, the ending of sensation, the ending of an experience, (coughs) the ending of a cup of tea, the ending of being with other people, the ending of a moment, of a segment of time. And probe a little bit into the, the climate that is in your mind when that happens. Is this something you anticipate? Are you one of the people who just wants to get things through? Yeah? Let's get it done. You know? Get onto that retreat, get into that retreat, get off, you know, get off the ground, get into the exercise. Are you always one who is going to the next bit? Okay, let's finish that. I know that. Give me the next. <coughs> okay, know that. Give me the next. Are we or are you more kind of of the other sort? Say, oh no, you know, one less. Another one less, you know. The pile of candles burnt down or is increasing in the pile of the candles still waiting. Fewer and fewer. Are you more hankering for more? Or are you kind of resenting what has already, what you've already gone through? Consider your attitude to the ending of things, to the ending of experiences, to the ending in your life, to the ending of the things you like to the ending of the things you don't like. Sometimes when we close our eyes, we enter a space, we enter a range of experiences. Yeah, There is at any one time so much happening. If you begin to pay attention, if you are willing to lower your threshold before you attend to things, yeah, if you deign to bestow your precious attention to small things that do not need to gratify you. Once you do that, you notice so many things are happening at any one time. How, when you enter that inner space, how is it there? Does it welcome you? Is it tight or expansive? Is it diffuse or clear? Um, Are you at home? Or are you... Is this hostile or friendly in there? Just kind of follow an ending procedure, a sound, a sensation, a breath, and you kind of feel a little bit into the climate in which that ends. If this is too confusing, go back to the breath. Feel your belly, feel your nose, feel your posture, feel your weight. These things are here all the time. You can 
you can keep returning to these things. I expect you to be shuttling. Yeah? Once you establish body awareness, breath awareness, this is going to be your mainstay. You will always be able to go back there if this is too disorienting or too confusing or too foggy. Or if you feel, I've just, you know, I've lost my stillness. I'm just thinking about things here. So do not forget the posture, do not forget the breath. At the same time, be interested in the ending of things for today. Now, might be interested in uh, you actually doing that. Even if this does not go along with your usual notion of meditation, even if you feel, I've only just settled on the breath, now leave me there, please, no, no new exercises. Um, try it. It's very revealing, it's very insightful, and you will not lose your breath by doing so. Just listening, feeling more deeply into the space that opens up behind things ending, or after things end, or in which things end. Vedana are interesting because they're relatively short, you know? While a mood of mind can last for hours, uh, a thought is pretty flitting and is often uh, badly discernible. A Vedana, a kind of an acknowledged pleasantness or an acknowledged unpleasantness, is fairly tangible. It's something that I can notice, oh, dislike. Yeah? And then it doesn't last. It's not complex. It kind of it spikes, sometimes more sort of flat, sometimes quite dramatically. Oh, you know, so, oh, yeah, does this, or oh, yeah. And you can stay quite easily with one of these. Generally, they don't last very long. They're not very complex. They're not affects or moods or emotions. Vedanas generally, they just have a little sound in them. You see. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah. And you just kind of follow this, the trajectory of one of these little moves down or up. And you kind of learn to stay with one. How does it taper off? How does a pleasant thought taper off in your mind? The feeling a pleasant thought gives you. Yeah. Think of somebody who, who you love. It's Mother's Day today. Mothers? Kids? Yeah. So think of somebody whom you care, love, and may not be here. And then look what's happening. It says, oh. Or it says, oh. Yeah. Peter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or Susie or whatever yeah? and then look what that does in your heart or in your mind and then stay with that how long does it last obviously you can repeat yeah? Peter, 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 Peter yeah. Susie, Susie, Susie yeah? you can do that kind of thing but there is a wave and let's stay with that wave and see the change within something pleasant and within something unpleasant so, this is the exercise for this morning. I'll be um, seeing more people today, so I'll be uh, relatively rarely in here in the course of the day. Um, you don't need me to sit here. You know what to do. You have plenty of exercises to do. You have good reasons to be here. Uh, the, you know, this, you should be past the the worst initial difficulties by now so don't don't uh, don't lean back lean into it yeah. lean 
lean into it. This is precious time. So let us practice. Even if I'm not sitting here, stick to the hours. Don't skirt the edges. Um, go for walk, walking meditation rather than for a tea break or a kip. Um, be curious even where there is resistance in your mind. Be curious even when you meet boredom or when you meet things that don't seem intrinsically attractive. Whenever you get bored, ask yourself what you expect. Whenever you're disappointed about something, ask yourself what did you hope for? What are you longing for? Yeah? This is practice. This is part of your practice. Practice is not just when you feel good. Good practice is not just when it feels good, okay? You can do a really good practice and it doesn't feel good. If it does feel good, great. Stay on the carpet. Don't lift off. Don't think you're enlightened. If you think, come, let's have a talk. I'm happy to go with you as far as I can go with you. Don't expect that this always feels good. Don't expect if it does feel good that it's going to stay that way. And don't think when it doesn't feel good that this is of no use. There is much more to practice than immediately feeling good. Some things feel good when we uh, have stillness, when things become peaceful, when the mind focuses, when we sense the strength of our investigating power. This is wonderful. But sometimes, you know, depending on many, many factors, not just your goodwill or not just your method or the little reliability of our of our specific exercise. Reasons beyond those couple of parama- parameters may make for things to be difficult in your practice. You know, that has to do with your life outside of this retreat. That has to do with when things come to fruition and manifest. And sometimes it doesn't feel great. And still, this is deeply, deeply fruitful practice. Let's not be kind of nice weather meditators. Let's be all weather meditators. Good. Enough of me. Let's practice. <laughs>